This is the Howling Fan. I'm coming back at you with a new segment called something like Would Be Could Be. So in this type of segment, we're going to discuss the possibility of something happening and maybe where it could go. We kind of did this a little bit uh, previously with the MCU in Phases 3 and 4. A little heavier on Phase 3. Kind of uh, light on Phase 4, which may return to. And so, uh, kind of establishing a, a, a segment for this would be, could be, and today we'll be talking about Bloodborne, where Bloodborne 2 could go and if it could happen. So, we will establish, the first part of this we'll be talking about what Bloodborne is. The video game from from Software for the PlayStation, and I'm pretty sure that it came out as a launch title for the PS4, I believe. Uh, all of the elements into it will go from there, and then we'll talk about where they could go from there. Alright, so, Bloodborne. From software title, the guys that make uh, the Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro... Uh, Bloodborne, obviously, and I believe they made the arm like ages ago, the Armored Core games. So most of these games in general are nor- are known for their difficulty, and their uh, what do you call it? their difficulty curve, their their learning curve, the style. You have to be very careful. You could die at any moment. I love these games. These games are fantastic. My first introduction was actually Demon Souls, which had just been recently remade remade for a. By Blue Point, I think that, that sounds right, or that remade the title, and it was made as a PS5 launch title. So now PS5 is rolling out. It surprised me a little bit that um, Bloodborne 2 wasn't announced as a launch title or here shortly. And we'll get a little more into that, a little bit more into that as we go on, because I do think that it is coming around the corner. But let's just talk about Bloodborne for now. So. Heavy spoiler warning. Obviously, if we're talking about Bloodborne 2, we need to talk about where where Bloodborne was and what it did. So, spoiler warning for the things that you wouldn't know going in bl- blind to Bloodborne, but that you would figure out that would be pretty important or pretty pivotal, pivotal moments for the game. So, Bloodborne is a gothic setting. Looks like an Eastern European type of deal. The... Age would be if I were to put a number on it. Golly, I mean, they've got there's guns involved, but nothing too crazy. We got single shot type of stuff and some cannons, and uh, kind of like a, a Frankenstein setting. Um, I know there's an air force, maybe you call that 16 or 1700s, somewhere in there, where uh, the, you know the Gothic architectures all around. You have the gentlemen wearing their kind of fancy suits and top hats and you got canes and uh, the, the the classic monsters are a lot from this time period I'm going to sneeze here in a second so excuse me oh, well, Dracula could be from this age and like I said Frankenstein where, where science is kind of being introduced the idea of it, the science fiction really, uh, the wolfman lycanthrope ideas so that's what it, it 
it dumps you off into this world. That is very much that. It's very, you know, gritty and gross. And you've got, you can, you know, choose your weapon. And they're very bloody, uh, grimy tools laying around. And, and that's what you, you work your way through. And about halfway through, maybe even a little more, about two-thirds of the way through, you know, there's something else going on. The, the story is amazing. I don't have to, I don't want to spoil too much of that, or at least go into too much depth. I'm going to spoil it. But you have this old blood that has caused this problem, and it cured diseases and ailments, and the people that promoted it were primarily the church and the scholars. So they both uh, used it in their own ways. The church uses, you know, the healing blood and worships it, and then the scholars study it and use it for their advances. And this this town that it made the this archaeological discovery uh, uses it, and then they, as science fiction goes, is you know you overuse it, right? Anything in moderation and. And really, it could maybe just not be the overuse of it, but the use of it, and then it, the results and the the nightmare of it comes to fruition over time. So these two groups uh, eventually, I, I kind of forget, uh, FromSoft, FromSoftware has a history of not giving you the details. You really have to go searching for them yourself. And you cr- you have to piece together the story, which makes for a much more immersive experience, where not everything is painted out for you. Anyway, you are a hunter, and the hunter is fighting these creatures that have come from the old blood. So, people that have been using this blood to cure them of disease and ailments and illness over years, from either the the medicine of the scholars or from the healing church, they eventually transform into beasts of some sort. There's some sort of madness that takes takes them. So that it kind of goes from your low-level stuff is kind of like a kind of zombie, but not, but not really undead. More of like a the, the roving horde that with like rage madness type going on where they could still hold like a pitchfork or have an axe and they're screaming and yelling. And then as it evolves, they become a little more bestial. And then it goes, and eventually... And it never spells this out, which I find interesting. It never says lycanthrope or wolfman. Um, but that's more or less what they are. They go into full beast mode, and they become the, these monsters. As time goes on, you, you're uncovering these things, and the, the madness, and there are witches in there, and there's even a, a type of... You know, blood-sucking vampire type of deal. It's completely extra uh, to, the, to the story, but very cool boss. And you're in a, like a not a cathedral, a, a castle, Canehurst Castle. Very, very cool. Extra bit, kind of like or kind of reminded me of not not as grandiose, but in Dark Souls Three, there's this extra area, Dragonstone Peak, I believe, where you fight one of the best bosses in the entire Souls. Um, series, in my opinion, the Nameless King, where you fight him. He's one of the hardest bosses out there, one of the best bosses out there. He also has some of the, the best lore. 
So, man, it's really raining hard. I hope, hopefully we'll be able to hear a lot of this. I'm almost done with this first segment anyway. So as you go through, you eventually find out that the blood came from these archaeological ruins, the, these dig sites of these beings, these ancient beings. And they are... Go ahead and spoil it. It's basically old gods from the Cthulhu mythos. So you know, Lovecraftian stuff. So your your ancient whole bunch of eyeballs and tentacles, and they've been here for who knows how long since the creation of the planet, even. And so about two thirds of the way in, the entire genre flips and goes from gothic horror to Lovecraftian horror. Still, still all messed up, and instead of all of the the werewolves and uh, the mindless hordes, the ogres, vampire stuff. You get more of the tentacles, tentacle beings, the otherworldly creatures. That's awesome. It's very well done and very cool. The whole thing wraps up. If you get the, the, the amazing ending, which I've played through twice, I had the basic ending the first time where you fight the the hunter master dude, German, and you beat him and you basically become the, the next master hunter. And the better ending, the best ending, is where you collect these um, umbilical cords, you eat them, three of them, from these elder gods, these beings that impregnated other women, which is a Lovecraftian, that whole idea of elder gods impregnating uh, humans or breeding with them. Anyway, once you become, you eat these three umbilical cords, you become this elder god, and you're you're that squid creature in the hands of the, the doll, which is your... You know, your level up person throughout the game who just kind of watches over. He doesn't really do anything. He's really just there to level you up. But an interesting visual. Um, you've got places to go. It's a very cool setup. A very cool series. I'm um, just going to take a quick break here just for a minute. Uh, and then uh, we'll continue on and think where I, why think of why I do believe that Bloodborne 2 will happen and why it'll be coming here around the corner uh, from software's plans and uh, a really cool setup. It could be. I, I had a discussion with my brother about it, and it started as a. I don't know if it was a, just a game or a story or turn it into a board game type of idea. I do think you could go there. I do think it would be well done. I do think it would be fresh. It wouldn't be recycling a lot of the old material. Give us a new environment. Anyway, I'm getting. I'm already getting too into it. We'll talk about a lot of those things. Let me give me a second to gather my thoughts, and we'll continue on. All right, I'll talk to y'all in a bit right after this break. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're talking about creepy video games here, on the possibility of Bloodborne Two, why I think it'll happen, and um, where it could go. So why I think it'll happen here as soon as we just jumped into the PS5 and Demon Souls. Sure, that's what got me into the whole thing was Demon Souls. For the oh god man a while ago picked it up on a bargain bin deal at GameStop ages ago and then I played Dark Souls one I wasn't that good at it pretty terrible as a matter of fact didn't really play Dark Souls still a whole lot then played I guess Bloodborne was first I was pretty bad at that too then Dark Souls three played that really got into that got awesome at it went back and then played Bloodborne actually had a better time playing it the second I kind of rage quit the the first time got way better and then fell in love with Dark Souls three even more. Played that many times through. And same with Bloodborne. And I've just fallen, fallen in love with the whole the you call it Soulsborne series in general. 
Uh, the community itself is rather toxic, which is kind of okay, whatever, you know, first time to the internet, right? No, I mean, they're just pretty hateful, or at least kind of annoying, but I mean, that's just kind of the internet in general, right? We're just so rude to each other, which we shouldn't be, we should really do a lot better at being nice to one another. But, that being said, you know, there are still people out there that like to hear these theories. So, why do I think that FromSoft will go back? It was one of their best properties. Bloodborne was fantastic. Um, what is it? Miyazaki is one of his favorite properties. I think he was, he came out and said it was his favorite game. The issue that they've had was that it was owned by Sony. So any green light that they were going to do, Sony had to say, the property itself owned by Sony, Sony has to say, okay, make us a Bloodborne game, the, the sequel. So they don't have control of it like they've had control over the Dark Souls stuff, or even Sekiro for that matter. So Sony has to give them the green light to start it. So with the PS5 coming out, I believe here shortly, it will happen. As soon as From Software, they're probably already working on it, to be honest with you. But currently, From Software is working on the uh, Elden Ring. And that can be another video on what Elden Ring could be, because we've heard nothing for about two years now. We've had no information. We got a, a teaser trailer, and that was it. It. Literally it. That's all we know. That Maybe in a couple comments, but for two years. And Elden Ring looks fantastic. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic from what we've seen. There's been so much speculation on what it could be. And we'll, we'll go into that in another video on a, on a would-be, could-be. So let's stick to Bloodborne 2 right now. So I do think it'll happen. I do think it will be revealed after Elden Ring. So there's no um, muddying the waters on what the focus is. So my theory, I believe it was mentioned a little bit by Vati, the possibility of where it could be, and it makes sense timeline-wise, that Bloodborne 2, instead of this uh, like Victorian, is the, like, I think the right term, Victorian age European setting, and still with the, the gothic monsters and whatnot, I believe one that would work well would be, Bloodborne 2 would be a South American setting. Uh, the, the jungles and the temples and the the villages, the towns, the, uh, you know, the piracy had already died down by then, but that would give you an element to play with anyway with, you know, ghost pirates and things of that nature, just like you had vampires and the, the castles in Bloodborne, which weren't necessarily directly attached to the old blood, but they were nonetheless in that world. So we have this South American, you know, we Mayan culture, and you have these creatures, these old gods, existing and this place too, where they were the gods of these cultures, you know, thousands of years ago, and they have these burial sites. So along with the explorers, that these explorers slash adventurers, whatever you want to call them, these group of, you know, old English, these old English dudes that are coming around and they're exploring for queen and country. Or I mean, you guys know exactly the type I'm talking about. I think the Alan Quartermain stereotype. 
is uh, appropriate here, where they go and they, you know, to civilize, whatever. So not necessarily good people. They they find this old blood. And, you know, they're always looking for, you know, El Dorado is one of those things, the city of gold lost in the jungle, um, the, the mysteries. I mean, you have the local tribes, the headhunter type of thing, the, the cannibals. There's a lot of elements to work with. And similar mirroring concepts from Bloodborne. And that they used this old blood, and that's the through line, from the similar old god creatures to cure their ailments and whatnot. So you, then you have, in these places, you have these scientists studying it. So that'll be your scholars. Again, almost a direct translation. And then you have the local, you could have a holy church that's there to, oh no, cleanse everything, right? But they're against the use of this blood. And then you can have the locals that you've been using the blood for ages to to help out, right? To heal. And then the these European type, because they never specifically name a actual European place. They, um, they kind of ruin it all, right? They throw, or they, uh, you're you're new to this this place, so and your character itself comes in as things are already happening. Not everything is completely flushed out, but things are things have already been taking place, and you're one of the many ants coming into this machine that's causing a lot of these these issues, this horror that's unfolding. So you get to start out with the whole adventure jungle monster type so you, you start with your your headhunter guy you the the spooky jungle tribe guys with their bone and stone weapons and bows and their the, the poison darts and bows and arrows type of your low lower level enemies and instead of the the wolves that would have initially been you know the, the werewolf type thing you have the, the jaguar men of uh, the of South America you know, the, from their worshiping, and you move on to even some of their gods that they had the, the dragon, Phoenix dragon, I think the Quetzalcoatl or Q, this dragon over their temples. You have different aquatic or river creatures with piranha, and you know, all these things that are turned monstrous, right? And then we want to, the, I mentioned before, the, the ghost pirate stuff that can mimic the. The ghosts and the Canehurst Castle, and you go through the jungle, and it's a really cool, different setting with the same bloodborne elements, without it just being a a cookie cutter, just another bloodborne with different, you know, directions and on the same maps with the same Victoria Europe, which I do like Victorian Europe, and I think that's a really cool setting. Your character will still have rags and tags of that. Uh, you get to explore just different settings with these same uh, mechanics. Now, I, I think that would be a really cool way for it to go. I would enjoy that quite a lot. I feel like others would too. Um, and it also makes sense. Uh, they had these cultures in South America did have a lot of blood worship and their blood gods, their, their deities. Uh, were very savage. There are ways where, again, how the first Bloodborne connects, it all goes back to these aliens, Elder Gods. And there's been, you know, you put on your tinfoil hat, aliens were visiting these places. You know, all the 
uh, again, the, the, the fun tinfoil hat theories. So again, I, I think it would be a really uh, an easy change. No, change isn't the right word. Um, evolution of the story. So we'll see. That's just my uh, would-be-could-be on where Bloodborne 2 will go. And probably, I'm sure it's already in the works. Probably, you know, couple of years out before it may even be announced so all right thanks all you howlers for uh giving me a minute and time of day and hopefully i uh, threw out some cool comic book shop talk for you and uh things to th- things to think about anyway i will talk to y'all later keep on howling